0: Hello and welcome back to the Chatter Cave Podcast, where uh, we usually discuss media in the form of reviews or topical-based discussions. Um, I'm your host, Drinking Thomas Hughes. Um, obviously, this is one of my solo ones, since I gave kind of the time off until after Christmas. And my current plan for him to come back will probably be two back-to-back ones, but we'll see when it comes to it. Um, today, though, it is not the planned movie review I was going to do. It is still movie-based, um, but not just movies, also TV and video games. Um, so I'm going to be doing going from my top 10 video games, movies and TV shows of 2023. Obviously, we do have the awards at the end of next month, which will essentially have a lot of these in. So you'll, be, you'll kind of be seeing where a lot of my votes will be placed based on what I'm going to be saying today. Um, but, of course, the difference with this and the awards is this is my personal opinion. The awards is ones i put forward, and obviously everyone else can vote on. So that's kind of everyone's opinion, solely mine. Um, obviously, my opinion would differ to a lot of people. Um, obviously, for example, the movie one, I, I, I kept, kept track of all the films Hayden's watching me over the past year, and hers are so drastically different to my top ten. Um but that's people's opinions for you. But yeah, I'm currently wearing the the a very festive Star Wars hat, but the least festive T-shirt. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna get straight into this, uh, because I do have some shopping arriving soon, and I'm hoping it doesn't turn up during this recording. Because if it does, I'm gonna have to stop and carry on uh, from where I left off. But yeah, we're gonna get straight into this. Um, with TV shows, and this doesn't just apply to this. This applies to the other two characters as well um obviously there's a lot of tv shows i still haven't watched that i really want to watch um there's a lot of ones that i've started watching and i'm kind of halfway through so though there you might find um i mean for example there is two in my top 10 that i've started watching and i'm currently still watching but that they're, they're in there because i'm really enjoying them yeah they may not be complete at the moment um but I'm still really enjoying them enough to say, okay, they're in my top 10 easily. Um, and so the same goes for the gaming side of it, the movie side of it. There's a lot I still haven't seen. Let's see, for example, TV shows. Uh, I'll, I'll put examples of ones that i am still yet to watch. Um, so for TV shows, Sweet Tooth, I still haven't checked out season two. That came out back in April, was it? I think it was, because I think I was off when it came out and I was like, oh, I'll watch it when I'm off. And then never fucking did. I'll say every time I have some time off, I'll sit down and watch it. I am still yet to watch it. I know that would definitely be in my top 10 because I fucking love the first season. Um, but I only get to stand and watch it, so obviously, sadly, I can't put it into my ranking. Um, but as I say, these rankings will differ as soon as I watch something. Uh, for example, what's in number 10 might not be in number 10. Give it, a, as soon as I watch, for example, Sweet Tooth, that could be out of it. But this is my current ranking as of, obviously, um, the end of 2023. Um so yeah okay i'm gonna get strange this so number 10 for me is actually a series that's still running and um, pretty soon it runs until i think early jan mid-jan and that's uh monarch legacy of monsters which is the apple tv godzilla series I- i'm just really loving that show um i'm a big fan of the monsterverse I- i've literally rewatched all of them over the past few weeks in weird order i did uh, king of the monsters then i did the 2014 godzilla uh, then I did Skull Island and then Kong, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. I did it in the weirdest of fucking orders. But obviously, I'm a big fan of the Monsterverse. I love the first entry, I thought it's a very solid entry. Um, I love the second Godzilla, I play the most out of all of them. Kong vs. Skull Island is fucking incredible. It's a really great Kong adaptation. And though, obviously, I have iffy feelings with the Versus movie, on rewatch, I've enjoyed it a bit more. Um, but I've still got this very big, high love for this universe because I love Godzilla and I love King Kong. So when they announced this show, I was so up for it. And I, I say at the moment, what, I think when this episode goes out, I think there might be two more episodes left to go. So it's, it's two or three. It's quite far into it. It's quite a big series. And, and it's de- it's definitely worth checking out if you're a fan of Godzilla or you're a fan of this universe. Yeah, Godzilla might not be heavily in it. Obviously, he's there for more of the, obviously, um, for them talking about it since this is set. A year after, obviously, G-Day, which is the 2014 Godzilla. But it's also set in the past, around the time when they fucking nuke Godzilla for the first time. And he, obviously, they first encountered him. So I like the fact that it's dealing with these two timelines. It just deals them really well. And digital effects in the show are really good. The story is really good to follow. The uh, the acting is really good. Kurt Russell and White Russell are the same character. Perfect choices. I still find it weird that Apple have got this. not HBO since, obviously uh might well, be max wouldn't it there no, technically uh since obviously it's one of one of us so it's weird that apple have got it but they put a lot of money into this very clearly and as i said the special effects the cast uh the people behind the scenes because this is uh being uh produced by the guided one division and it is it, if you haven't seen it go check it out. it's really good as I say, i'm currently still watching it and it does just at the moment slide in my top 10 um as of the end of the year um now, obviously, for me, number nine, um, I'm gonna give it to i I'm, just, I might alter this as I'm going along, but I think I'll stick with it. Um, at number nine for me, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, series sixteen. I fucking, I love Always Sunny. Since Connor introduced me to this show, I just fell in love with it. The comedy is fucking hilarious. The acting is brilliant. The plots are so fucking dumb that they work. They somehow work. Um, you, you just gotta love Danny DeVito and, and Danny DeVito and Charlie Day, those two, their chemistry is so outstanding and this series is another good solid one obviously, they've started to do a lot shorter series now, obviously ever since COVID, the series has seemed to have got a lot shorter but this is another solid one, because this one's got, for example there's a bowling plot, and that is so fucking good Um, I'm trying to remember some of the plots in the the current obviously that season Um, there's a weird one with Dennis when he's like imagining something Um. Things like imagine like the world's worst day, which um, involves like some really over the top fucking like I think there's, like a heart he pulls some guy's heart out of his chest. But obviously it's it's all like weirdly this like in this guy in his head. Um, what else we got? Um, oh, the gang gets cursed. That's a good one. Frank versus Russia was a decent one. Um, the fucking episode with uh, Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul. That's pretty damn fucking funny. Um. And their sort of Five Nights at Freddy's inspired, like, uh, Chuck E. Cheese-type fucking episode was just amazing. And I just love the fact that it's it's gone on for 16 seasons, and it's so drastically different to the first season. And if you have not watched Always Sunny, check it out. So there is a video on this channel where Connor spoke about how much he loves it, and at that point is when he fucking drew me into it. And I've, I've, I've watched more of Always Sunny than he has. That's how much I've loved it. Um... But yeah, for me, it just, it's number nine for this uh, year. Uh, number eight, again, is another series I'm currently watching. I'm a couple of episodes behind, but I know it's kind of took a break right now. Um, and that's Invincible Series 2. Um, i say at the moment, this is a bit lower, but as I'll catch up as the series fully comes to a fold, it might creak up even higher. Uh, but at the moment, it goes into number eight. Obviously, uh, Invincible came out... It was COVID era, wasn't it? Was it twenty twenty one? I think the first season came. Was it twenty twenty? I can't remember the top of my head, but I I loved it. I think it was like my top five of that year, and this one could creep that high if I say I catch up, and the series just gets better and better. So the animation is still really good. The violence is fucking for a cartoon is really fucking gory. Um, some of the new characters they've been introducing um are interesting. Uh, the returning cast are as good as they ever were, and so just everything about it is. If if you like it's, watching this show, it brought me to the point where I've actually started to get. I haven't got one on me. I don't know where it is. I think it's might be downstairs. Uh, obviously, it's got to the point where I'm actually picking up the comics to actually read them and read more into the universe. Um, and I picked up the first like volume, which has like so many issues in it. Uh, so that's how much I've really enjoyed this show. And I say I can't wait to carry on watching this and I can't wait to see where they push on with this because I said this and obviously we had the Atom Eve special this year as well. That it, it's great that they're expa- Amazon are expanding a lot of their universes, especially their comic book universes, since we've got the boys expansion and we've also got No Invincible expanding even further. Um so yeah. Um number seven is another Amazon animated series. There's uh, so another one I'm still watching. I'm a couple of episodes left on it, I believe. And that's The uh, Legends of Vox Machina series two. Um me and Hayden kind of I had it on my list for a while the first season. I just never got me into watching it. And me and Hayden uh, finally sat down to watch it was it this year or end of last year, I can't remember off the top of my head. But we sat down to watch it and we both really enjoyed it because obviously the we're both big fans of D and D, so we're very much into it. Obviously, I know she has watched some obviously um of the cricketer role stuff, so she's definitely was hyped to watch this show, and we really enjoyed the first season, and we jumped straight into the second season. But as I say we we we've got a few episodes to to watch from about halfway through, um maybe just over, I can't remember again. It's been a while since I sat in and watched them, but uh, again the animation's really good, the stories are really good, the cast are fucking hilarious. Um, Amazon definitely have another win in the animation column. Uh, with this like show, and I, we, we're both looking forward to them again, just with like Invincible expanding this universe because obviously they've signed like a huge deal with, with uh, obviously Role to do more adaptions of their campaigns. So we're definitely looking forward to to seeing where they go with these other ones, I and mean, we're obviously looking forward to seeing where they go further with Vox Machina. Um, just realized I fucking missed one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Number six the uh, castlevania nocturne uh the continuation of the castlevania series obviously in its own spin-off uh, set decades later uh, is the latest in the netflix anime adventure and it's another I, I love castlevania so obviously nocturne was right up my alley and i watched it pretty much over two days i think it was and it's so good it's such a good continuation Happy when they announced they're doing another series. And to be fair, I'd like to see more spin offs down the line, focus on other characters in different settings. Because it's a nice change of pace with its setting and obviously its new characters. So it'd be cool down the line if we get more of this. Um, but we'll see. Obviously, it depends how well season two does when it comes out. Because so I know obviously they're doing like, Devil May Cry and stuff like that, a Terminator, a lot of more animes now. So it'd be cool. To get more Castlevania's, telling more stories that we haven't seen yet. And even maybe even stories set within the big story we've already seen in the old series. Like we could get like some new characters and just this is going down while this main story is going down. That'd be pretty cool. Um, So yeah. What else we got? Uh, Okay, number five is something that again was very high up. With series one, and I think series two was quite helping my rankings when they came out. And that's uh, Only Murder in the Building. So this is in its third season. This is the one that introduces poor Rudd. And I mean, it's it's poor Rudd. What, what can't you love about poor Rudd? He's so good in this. Obviously, he plays a character that is both is hilarious, but sometimes also very much an asshole. But he plays the character so fucking well. Um, that's a shame that we're not going to get any more of him after this series. And I do hope when they. They go and have these Obviously, uh, continue this show on because obviously the ending of the series sets up to the next series four. Um I'm hoping they add like more sort of big guest stars. I like, I hope um the big guest stars in the future are their sort of murder case because it worked really well with the series of Paul Rudd and the flashbacks, the hallucinations with him. Um obviously they had a really big star. What's the fucking name? I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Um but they added more big stars into this series. So I'm hoping as they go along with this show, if they keep making more and more, that they do the same sort of idea um, going forward. Because it was definitely right. And obviously the whole uh, them trying to make a musical production and this it being cursed because this murder and shit like that, that, it just helped sell this series even more. And I can't wait for Series 4 to come out. I'm hoping it's next year, but with the writer strike, who knows what fucking happen. Writer uh, slash actors strike, who knows what's gonna happen in the fucking next season. Um but still it's it's definitely one of my favourite um like Disney Plus shows. Um that isn't like like comic book based or Star Wars based. Um so yeah. Okay, so number four for me, obviously we just, let's say then goes into this star wars based one is mandalorian series 3 i know this series was very controversial a lot of people a lot of audience hated this season but i d- i found it as good as the previous two seasons it was a good expansion of story from the last two seasons um and it definitely leaves you at a place where they can end it and go on with other stories for other people but at the same time they can also continue uh dinjari and grogu's story going forward um And obviously with Ahsoka coming out this year as well, which uh, I will say is in my top 20 of the year. He just sadly doesn't make the top 10. Um, Star Wars on Disney+, Plus, for me, picked up compared to uh, the year when we had Obi-Wan and Boba Fett. Obviously, though I enjoyed the back end of Boba Fett, it it struggled early on, and Obi-Wan wasn't the best. Um, It's definitely these new spin, obviously new adaptions they're doing right now, obviously Andor, Ahsoka uh Mandalorian's continuation. Obviously they're doing a lot better for me than obviously when it was this Obi-Wan, Boba Fett kind of going at it. So I'm I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to a fourth season Mandalorian if it happens. Um, and I'm definitely looking forward to see if they expand upon a lot of what they've added into this. Not just necessarily in Mandalorian Series four but in other spin-off shows because obviously they can technically do a Bo-Katana spin-off and it'd be interesting to see how they expand upon her in that from where she's at in this um and then as I'm 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 looking I'm very happy where Star Wars is on Disney Plus uh it's definitely obviously it started good Kate dropped off a little bit with those two other shows but it's definitely picked up enough I'm hoping obviously next year we get the skeleton crew I think it is an acolytes they're just as good as the ones we've had this year uh, and just roll on whenever Andor finally comes out, which I think is supposed to be 2025 now. Uh, okay, so number three for me this year is What We Do In The Shadows Series 5, uh, the last but one series of the show, because obviously they announced not long ago that Series 6 is going to be its final outing. And for five seasons, this has just been solid fucking comedy. Uh, it's so hilarious. The cast is perfect. The writing is spot on. um, and I I just love the ideas I go with. I've loved it ever since they did the movie, obviously with the completely different cast. And I like the fact that they expanded upon that. Like that, that still is kind of legit. But we're going to expand the world elsewhere, tell new stories, deal with a new group, and but still, uh, obviously they still have that part of this universe since that those set of characters are present in like the first season. And I like the fact that this is the season continued on a lot of the Gilmore uh, story involving obviously him wanting to be a vampire Uh, added a lot more uh, dialogue between him and uh, why is his name Matt Berry's character my favorite fucking character it's not Nando Nando's the other guy obviously he's an actual vampire master Um, why is his name escape me I hate hate that when you're fucking trying to think of something in the name. It's so obvious that it just disappears from your brain. Um, What we are doing in the shadows? Laszlo, that's it, Laszlo. Um, Obviously, his character's interaction with Gilmore is a lot more like in this series, and their chemistry works really well. Um, There's some generally really good episodes. There's some some fucked up scenes. I mean, the scene with uh, Colin Robinson's head on the back of uh, Najee is just weird, especially the weird sex scene they did. It's just fucked up, but it sums up what we're in the shadows. And I'm definitely I can't wait for Series Six, which I'm I'm hoping is next year. But again, just like Only Murders, that strike could have affected it to the point of it's, it, The final season could be the following year, or um, as I'm hoping that maybe because usually it's a summertime, it gets pushed. To be fair, for me, more likely, especially in the UK, more likely it would be 2025 because we don't get it until it's all on Disney Plus, um, which has been November the last couple of years. So if fucking uh my son know, is due in the next hour. Um obviously if it keeps that routine and it does get pushed back, then we'll probably want to see it to 2025 anyway, but fingers crossed we'll get it next year. Um especially since it's the last season and I can't wait for it. Yeah. Uh, okay then so number two for me is the Last of Us series one. Uh spoke about this heavily on the podcast early in the year with Hayden how much this show adapted the game so well um. Yeah, know the stuff they missed but they adapted a lot of it they stuck to the, sh- the the source material so hard um that though they only detoured a couple of times it still didn't affect the overall quality of the show the hbo budget behind it was fucking what it needed the cast was so great i'm not gonna get too much into this and say if you want to actually hear us talk about it i'll put it in the uh, description below um, the actual podcast we're doing this, where we reviewed it, and say so it, it's just an outstanding show. And I've literally just it's just before I started uh, my Amazon delivery turned up, and it was the first season, so I picked it up on Blu-ray because I'm going to try and rewatch it uh, in the new year because that's how much I loved it. Uh, so yeah, so number one for me, uh, I kind of mashed these into one because obviously the, it was part three and part four, but I kind of just smashed into one It's obviously Attack on Titan, the final season. Uh, for me, th- these last two chapters. Uh, were just phenomenal. The animation was just incredible. Um, the story uh, ended so well. I've obviously never read the manga, but obviously I know it's pretty much very similar ending. If not, it is the exact same ending. But it, it ended so good that like the action was so great. The the heartbreak of a lot of the characters and them have to take people down that they've loved. Um, just watching a lot of these characters that you've grown up with over the past. What like 2013? Oh, like it's over ten years, like it would be ten years. Um, having to watch these characters that is it 2013? I can't remember. It it's it's been fucking that long. Um, having to watch these characters obviously come to an end. It's it's sad, but it's a fitting end for a lot of these characters. And obviously, it's the end of the story overall. Obviously, the end in a way that they could technically somehow expand upon the story, but we'll see if they do or not in the future but either way it was a perfect ending and that's why attack on time for me is my favorite tv show of 2023 um okay i'm moving on to gaming this is the one I'm, i might change stuff on the fly um i'm changing one instantly right now as we're talking as i'm talking um and that's what actually goes into my top 10 right, i've just dropped i originally had payday free just about make into my top 10 because at the moment I've only i played um actually I might drop it even more. Um Yeah. I need to play some more of it though, so I will say that this is just for now. Um okay, so for video gaming, so there's as many games I still want to play. I still need to play out mic too, so that's why that sadly won't be in this list. I'm hoping I'll finish it with I will actually check it out before the rewards because we can put it in there, but if not, we'll have to figure out something else to do there um see so yeah, i'm gonna get straight into this uh number 10 just to creeks in his starfield um i haven't played a lot of it but what i did play that i did enjoy i liked a lot what i liked lot the ship stuff i like the, the customization you could do in it um so I just obviously i just need to sit down and play more of it um to get further into the story because i say i haven't played that much of it but i've got i currently got a lot of games that i'm currently trying to sit through so I'm probably not going to get through to sit down for it for a while. But as I say what I did play when I first played it. I played a couple of hours of it at least. I enjoyed it. Um, the graphics are decent enough, um, and it's basically it's it's just a you run in the mill Bethesda game uh, in terms of uh, like similar to Skyrim mechanics, but obviously in space. Um, so I say just create. I haven't played enough of it to give a a full. Like, opinion on it, but as I say, for now, just about creeps my top 10 above some of the other ones that I will say are on here. Um, okay, so number nine for me is Super Mario Bros. Wonder again. I haven't played enough of it, so I'm not going to play it any higher than nine. Um, I'm currently still sitting for it. Um, keeping that from for my shopping. Uh, I'm currently still sitting for it, but what I've got through so far I can see why it's been nom- it was nominated for Game of the Year. I can see why it was nominated for. Multiplayer game, I can see why it was nominated for family game of the year. It is a fun game. The fact that you can choose from all the characters is great and uh, the, the the new uh pair ups i e the elephant pair up is pretty fucking cool and uh so I'm very early into the game, so I'm gonna be playing some more of that over the next like few weeks few months um but obviously I got a lot of opinion from Connor I watched him play some of it uh when I was just stood behind him and he's just been playing it um as I say it is a for game, but again, just like stuff, I'm not going to put it higher because I haven't played enough of it to warrant the push up. So as I say for now, it it stays in uh, ninth. But as I say more I play it, the more it goes up. Um, okay, so number eight. Um, I'm going to give it two. As I'm looking at this. Do I change that or do I leave it? Um, no, I will keep it. Uh, I'm going to give to WWE 2K23. Big WWE fan. Obviously, I use it a lot for FEW recordings. Um, this one is pretty much more or less, you know, as I say, the same as the last one, but there is a few new features, i.e. the War Games match type, which is the whole reason I fucking changed all my FEW stuff to 2K23 just for the War Games stuff. Um, that inclusion, the new two story modes you got are fun. Um, the customization level is pretty much as it always has been. It's been enjoyable to make your own custom characters. Um, the game mechanics are pretty much run in the mill. It, as I say, it, it pretty much ticks all the boxes 2K22 did. So uh, that's all I really need to say in terms of that. But I say, it, it, I've enjoyed it. I've put, put over 100 hours into it. Yeah, I might not have played all of that because obviously uh, customization, obviously recording the matches. Uh, but what I have played, I really enjoyed. And I remember definitely. I remember playing it very heavily when it first came out. So obviously I'm, I'm going to give that an eight at the moment. Um, number seven, I'm going to give to Mortal Kombat One. It's it's definitely a different Mortal Kombat game to obviously Mortal Kombat Eleven. I really enjoyed Mortal Kombat Eleven. Obviously, the new mechanics are interesting. Obviously, it definitely goes in the more run the mill fighter game, uh, in the sense of having the support uh, support fighters. But I like it, it it's an intriguing way for this game, especially how they use them in uh, team up moves to basically take down the enemies and. Uh, your opponents in terms of the brutal takedowns so i, I like the way they use that obviously they get really the, um the ones obviously because obviously i think it's x-ray and x or was it x-ray and 11 as well i can't remember but anyway they obviously they replaced that with their team up moves in this one which again as i say works really well um i like a lot of the support carries a lot uh, they kind of they go for the lot the some of them, they go for the more modern looks, but a lot of them, they go for the more classic looks, so I do like that. Obviously, the roster's pretty solid roster. It's pretty much... Obviously, the new designs are intriguing. Obviously, I'm, I, they, obviously Dan Foy, in terms of characters, is Sub-Zero for me. I'm a big fan of Sub-Zero in the other games, but I'm just, at the moment, not a big fan of him in this. Um, I can't It's been a while since i played it, but I can't remember who my main was in this new one. Um, it's been a while now. Uh but I do I again I do like the DLC characters with this. Obviously Omni Man's a great addition. Homelander when he finally comes out is gonna be great. Obviously Peacemaker's on the obviously coming out in the new year. Um and we've got some of the characters we've had in the past games. I like Quan Chi. He's just come into it. And there's another one kind of off the top of my head. But I like the fact that bringing obviously you get a DLC character and a uh a support character at the same time and support carries very interesting i like the fact again just like the last one all like the customization levels and this obviously there's not it's not as heavy customizable uh, as the last one but it's still decent customizable So i like a lot what it does um and just yeah I like, obviously there's the invasion mode which is in- intriguing adds a bit more to do in the game and obviously they've added a different way of unlocking collectibles in this in terms of just instead of just going through the crypt, so there's a lot of intriguing, interesting new features they've added, and a lot of int- features they've taken away. So it is a mixed bag at times, but it's still a solid Mortal Kombat game, it's still a solid, solid fighting game. Um, and I need to try and I want to try and it up my Steam Deck so I can play it a lot more. Uh, okay, so number six for me is going to be Assassin's Creed Mirage, which obviously is the latest Ubisoft Assassin's Creed entry, uh, the first since Valhalla came out back in 2020. It's the first since Valhalla basically run its course not long ago. And it's a more back-to-basics game. Obviously, I played it on stream. I did a couple of uh, streams on it, fucking long streams. If you haven't checked them out, you'll be there for a while with them. But it's an interesting back-to-basics approach, back-to-the-old-school approach. Uh, it's a prequel story, so it's a nice way of seeing uh, Basim's character's evolution, obviously from this to Valhalla. Um there's just a lot this does right. And it definitely makes me look forward to where they're going next for Assassin's Creed. So it's a good tied over game. And as I said, when playing it, I'd like more of these smaller games to tide me over until the next big game. Obviously, so put them in, obviously, do a decent run with a big game, put a small game out, and then put another big game out. I'd, I'd definitely be up for that. And so the graphics in this are pretty good, uh, pretty solid graphics. Story's a good story. Uh, and you, you, your characters are pretty decent. There's a lot of uh, twists and turns, which pretty much uh, made me uh, satisfied with the game. But well, that was uh, me shopping then, but it was not. Um, okay, so number five for me is Hi Fi Rush. Again, that came out early in the year, very early in the year, January, I think it was. Yeah, it came out on Game Pass. And it just shocked me how good it was. I was in Connor, kind of pointing me in its direction. I was like, oh, I'll give it a try. And I got addicted to it over a, a weekend. I love the music, I love the animation style, I love the little story, uh I I liked its gameplay. Um utilising obviously the sound more heavily into its combat is really good. Um I w I would like to sit down and play it at some point. I'm happy it did pick up award an award at the the, the game awards because uh it deserved to pick up something. Uh Okay, number four for me is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Obviously, you follow up to uh, Fallen Order, and this came out back in March. Was it March or was it April? It got delayed, didn't it? Yeah, it got delayed. It got delayed till April, I think it was, actually. Ignore me. Um, and it, it, it's it's pretty much... If you like Jedi uh, Fallen Order, you're going to like uh, Jedi Survivor. It, it it ticks all the boxes. Again, there's a lot more customization in this to that one. Its story is solid. Its cast is great. If you're a big Star Wars fan, you, you need to check it out. Uh, cause it's so good. Um, it's a big game, I will say, in terms of space. I mine, Mine's like 130 odd gigs. It's like the biggest game I've fucking got on my Xbox. Uh, but I definitely want to go and replay it at some point in New Game Plus because I want to try and get some of the achievements in it and I do want to sit for the story again because I liked a lot of what the story went. I like the Darth Vader fight you get in it. I like the uh, the betrayal angle that's in there there's, there's a lot of story choices that the game does right and that's wait for me it goes into number four right let's try this again that's my shopping fucking sorted um where did i get up to i was talking star wars wasn't i um yeah obviously they say it's pretty much an updated version of fallen order it's pretty much it runs the exact same um obviously when it first came out there's a lot of issues with the uh obviously just glitches and shit but i think they may have fixed them by now i mean registered they should have it's almost what i say quite it's almost it's, come, it's got like four months away from its fucking full year being out so it's kind of been fixed by now um but yeah see so ya yeah. as i said i can't bother was on a bit there so i'm just gonna jump straight on to the next one uh number three for me is gonna be resident evil 4 the remake uh, then latest remake from obviously Resident Evil. Obviously, I, I played at the very start of the actual original Resident Evil Four. Never got very far into it, fucking for some reason my control was just not having it, so I kind of just gave up with it. But I saw a lot with this one. I liked the look of it. I was like, okay, I'm probably going to jump into this one, and I did. Really enjoyed it when it came out back in March. I was pretty much glued to my screen playing it. Um, I've just started playing the expansion, the um separate ways, um story. I've done the first chapter, but. Again, it's probably gonna be a little. What if I actually sit down and play? I can do me again. and I'm trying to play right now. Regretting playing so many fucking games at once, but still, obviously, the graphics of the remake remake are fucking great. Um, I like the story as four. 4. Uh, like it's less zomb- like zombies and more it's like the, the the parasite is pretty cool. Um, Leon is like easy my favorite fucking character. I, I love Chris, but I'm starting to fucking love Leon a lot more, especially after this game. Uh, and it definitely makes me kind of want to play the other two remakes, but at the same time, I've seen stuff, I've I've seen the game plan. and it's a bit different to this one. I'm just like, don't have the balls to sit through that. We'll see. But yeah, it's, it definitely. Three com- uh, Resident Evil Four comes into third place. I so not just because the base game, but also the fact that the separate ways is a nice little additional story. and I know it's a, a remake of the, ex- the extra story they did on the actual original game, so. Yeah, definitely for me, it ticks all the boxes for a horror fan. Uh, and as I say I, I I struggle with horror games a lot of times, but it it was just right for me, so it definitely goes high in my rank ranking. And now here's my debacle. Obviously, my top two are two of the ones that obviously I've spoke about heavily uh, when talking about the game awards, and obviously I voted for one of them over the other one uh, just because obviously. There's a feature missing on one of them. But I've sat there and I'm like, what do I put as my number one game of the year? So I'm going to say it now. It's between Spider-Man 2 and Baldur's Gate 3. So I'm not too... I'm, I'll talk about both right now. Obviously, I love the fucking story of Spider-Man 2. Graphically as well, it's so good. Um, it's a great follow-up from both the first game and the Miles Morales game. And it definitely leaves me uh, looking forward to the next chapter in the story. Not the next chapter, the next Insomniac Marvel game, uh, which at the moment is supposed to be that Venom game, which I can't wait for if that's actually the next one. Uh, obviously, the Wolverine one is also due at some point uh, not long after. And then, obviously, on the other hand, you've got Baldur's Gate, which blew me away when it came out. It shocked me how good it was. It's a cool D&D game. Uh, it's got so many fucking story paths. Um... And it, it pretty much hits a nail in the coffin for one of these RPG-type games. The customisation level is out of this world. It's so good. Um, oh. It's just the internal debate. I'm leaning towards one over the other because I got a disc plate for Christmas uh, of one of these games. I will show you on camera if I can get it out of the fucking box. I've left it in the box, I haven't put it up in the wall just yet. Uh, And. Sorry about the noise. I'm thinking about giving it to this game. Giving it to this plate, so. For now. I'm going to do this. Um, For now, I'm going to give second place to Boltzgate 3. As I say, though I fucking love the game, and I did vote for it at the Game Awards, um, out the two games, I think just because of the story side of it, and the amount of lore that I know from the first two games, obviously, that's why Spider-Man outweighs it for me. I feel if, In terms of customization, in terms of the amount of stuff you can do in it, that on of Gate 3 does outweigh Spider-Man, but... I think the story for Spider-Man is far superior, and for me, uh, in loving single-player games, I think the story side of it is what makes it for me. Yes, I know I love the fact that you can play multiplayer. I love the fact you can play co-op with fucking Baldur's, uh Gates. Uh, you can have you can play by yourself, or you can have like an entire actual group of people with you, with their own custom characters. I love that aspect of it, which is what makes it one of the best games you can play. Um, but, I think, I just have to give it to Spider-Man, oh, I'm trying to get the, the, the light not on it. Uh, I have to give it to Spider-Man 2, just because, that display is amazing, um, just because, as I said, the story, the characters, everything about it, I loved when it first came out. It blew my socks off. It took, Vic think, with Baldur's Gate... It took me a while to actually sit down and play it for myself. Obviously, I played uh, straight away with Connor and Hayden. I played a game with Hayden on it, just the two of us. But it took me a while to sit down and actually finish the story. Uh, I was constantly wanting to, but I never got the time. Whereas Spider-Man, I set the time out because I knew how much I wanted to play it. And... Maybe if I play Balls Get Free again, get some different outcomes because I say so many different outcomes in the game. It might overtake it again. It literally for me, it's just constantly overtaking each other in terms of which I like. But at the moment, as I say, I'm leaning heavily more onto Spider Man Two. Um, I know I got to wait till early 2024 for the update for the new game plus, so I can sit for it again. But as I say, it it just for me at the moment it just beats Baldur's Gate 3 thanks to its story uh, and its in-game graphics um, ok so that covers video games and TV shows I'm going to move on to movies now again this is what for me it's, it's constantly fucking changing as I say there's a lot of movies I do still want to watch that I haven't got to see yet I oh, know Rebel Moon's come out recently I know it's got mixed reviews but I want to see it for myself uh, same with the film Next World Wins new Taika Wahiti film I want to check that out Uh, The Boy and the Heron, I do want to see that. Um, And there's a couple of other films here and there that are still on my list to see. I just haven't had the chance yet. Uh, So maybe in the new year, I'll finally sit down and check them out. But for now, this is going to be my top ten. So for me, number ten is going to be Scream 6. I know there's a lot of bad taste with this franchise at the moment, thanks to, obviously, everything that's gone with Spyglass, obviously, sacking the lead actress uh, for bullshit reasons. And then obviously, the Jenny uh, Ortega stepping away, and most recently now, the director stepping away. He's had enough. Like uh, There's a lot of bad stuff with this franchise now. Um, it's crazy the fact that the people who funded the franchise originally are bad people, and then the people funding the franchise again are bad people. Not in the same sense, but still bad people. Uh, so obviously, it does leave a bit of a bad taste in your mouth, but taking all that off the table, looking directly at the film. Um, it, scream Six is a solid entry for the slash franchise, and if that is the last entry, I'd be happy if it being the final one. The last shot is a great shot to end on. Um, the killers are pretty predictable. I feel like sometimes you Scream, a lot of them are very predictable. You can, can guess, uh, but that's not like it doesn't really matter. What you hear for is a decent story, uh, decent characters to follow, uh, and some good kills. And I feel like this nails all of them. It's a great follow up to the last one. Obviously adding on to bits of the story that it into uh, brought you to. Um this ghost these ghost faces are brutal. I mean the shotgun scene alone, it that just sums up how brutal this ghost face is. Uh I think easily one of the best kills is probably the fucking uh the apartment one when obviously the uh the girlfriend, the one character is trying to get across the ladder and she falls off the ladder and just smashes her head off the fucking everything going down like that is just fucking brutal so that definitely nails it i mean the atmosphere in this film is really good uh, the returning cast are excellent and it's a shame as we as i said that we're not going to get them again um because realistically if you're going to do scream seven and i'm going to continue a story it has to be this story if not it has to be the sydney story so it's just a case of what they're going to do with that because i mean it was supposed to, wasn't it supposed to come out next year like that's so quick i think it's meant to come out but Actually, was it next year? uh 2025, actually. I think it might have been. So it's it's definitely going to be fucking heavily delayed now. So it's going to be interesting to see where they go with this franchise now that they've kind of shot themselves in the foot. But for Scream 6 to come out a year after Scream 5, it's just as good, if not slightly better. And it's a great entry in the Scream franchise. Um, so next is another horror. I'm sticking with horror uh, in my top 10 here. So number nine is going to be Evil Dead Rise absolutely love this movie big evil dev fan um love the original trilogy the remake grew on me heavily over the years when i first saw it didn't really like it but over the years it's actually on me heavily the tv series fucking love it bruce campbell legend um so when they announced they're doing another one i was like okay i'm up for this and bruce campbell's giving his blessing obviously he's a producer on this um he's heavily involved in a lot of the uh sort of before the movie came out in terms of, sort of talking about it uh so i was up for it trailers come out that look quite interesting intriguing uh, i like the fact that took the setting now from the run the mill log cabin which the, we've had for how many ones i know obviously evil dead i suppose evil dead kind of took it into a new sort of place same with obviously army of darkness he took it to some new places but it's the first time it's been more of a in the middle of a city so that that's new uh, and i think that's what helps it work the family dynamic works heavily because this franchise has always had a family dynamic at some point in the story another remake obviously the brother and sister uh really the first one had the brother and sister plot as well with ash and obviously his sister um so it, it's nice they get this whole family dynamic obviously the, the mother uh of three kids and then her sister involved i see you also got the they're, you know, obviously, they're, they're dealing with obviously this deadite situation. Obviously, the people that have also trapped in this building are dealing with it, and it's literally the story of them trying to get out of this building alive uh, from their mother who's possessed by a deadite. And so, it, it the story is great, uh, the gore is fucking phenomenal. I mean, some of the moments make you squeal, like, ooh, ooh, um, and it it definitely makes you go, okay, I would be interested to see where they take it because it obviously ends. Going kind of full circle back to the start of it since it starts and then kind of goes back so many days. Um, So obviously it goes full circle. So it'd be interesting to see uh, a continuation from that first opening sequence, which is fucking crazy. And the the scalper scene is like, fuck me. Um, It'd be interesting to see a continuation of the story from that point. Um, But The practical side of this is, they're doing so good with the practical side. I love this franchise because they always tend to go practical and it nails the practical on the head again. Uh, like, it's the case of you looking going, that's brutal. I know, like, I think they broke, like, a record for the amount of blood they used at one point, because there's a whole, like, elevator scene, like, very shining-esque s is fucking... When, it, obviously, the blood comes out, it's, like, so much, you're like, what the fuck? How the fuck they got that much fake blood? Um, the full monster transformation at the end is really, like, fucking weird and fucked up, and it, it works to give you a solid finale. It it's structured very well. You get the instant brings you into this universe like fucking hell, this is deadites. Um it keeps fucking falling. Um obviously it slows down to introducing new characters, slowly builds you up to them getting the book. Then you've got the claustrophobic, uh, Katameh situation of possession and slowly one by one these people are getting picked off. And then you've got this big finale of them dealing with like a massive monster. Um and that's kind of what you want from an Evil Dead type movie—is that kind of structure. And this does it really well. It's written really well, um and it it just does everything you want from a horror movie, especially an Evil Dead movie. So I'm definitely interested in a sequel, and say so either a continuation from the start, or just like this, its own unique story. Because obviously they, they do men- mention, if I'm correctly, three books of the dead. So it'd be interesting if obviously Ash was linked to the first book of the dead. This is the second. Um and then it'd be pretty cool if there's like a, a third book. Obviously someone else has to deal with that one. So I say it be interesting where Raimi uh produ- obviously he's producing all these now. we see where he pushes this universe even further. Because he's made a decent chunk of money, uh just like stream did. Fuck off. I don't give a shit, stop fucking vibrating. Um so it'd be interesting to see where they push this franchise because I can't see I'm leaking it to die again. Um Okay, number eight, less horror now. Uh, pretty soon everything's less horror now. Uh, <laughs> number eight for me is The Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Uh, solid movie. Again, I'm not going to go into too much detail with this because I spoke about it heavily on the podcast when it first came out. Uh, there's, a, I think there's two on here at least that I won't speak heavily on because I've already spoke about them on the podcast. So this is one of them. I'll put Again, I'll try and put this in the link below so you can check it out. Uh it's it's a great way of building up to part two. It, it obviously it it's full action. Uh, Tom Cruise nails it again with Mission Impossible. He's not stepped a foot wrong lately with this franchise. Um, it does obviously build up into part two, and it makes you want to know where this story is going to end because if part two is possibly going to be its last act, it's definitely left you wanting to see that last act. That's all I'm really going to say on this one. Uh, I say I went to a lot more detail, Uh, a bit more, at least a bit more detail. Uh, So I'm not going to do it twice. Okay, so number seven is a more recent one. So I was looking forward to seeing, and I was happy I saw it. I was going to do it on the podcast, but I'm going to save it for next year, possibly talk with Connor. And that is Godzilla minus one. I've said the latest Japanese Godzilla, the first one since Shin Godzilla in 2016, Um, because there's a whole thing with uh, Legendary and Toho that they don't bring one out at the same time. So this is the first one since uh, Shin Godzilla. I wasn't a big fan of Shin Godzilla. I need to rewatch it to see if I'm still. Fuck off! Uh, I wish people stopped bugging me. I'm gonna fucking you know put that on vibrate. Uh, put it on silent. Sorry. Um, obviously, fucking. I just wasn't a big fan, so I need to kind of rewatch it to see if I'm still at that point. I just didn't really like the Godzilla design with that one, but this Godzilla design's classic. Okay, at times it looks goofy when they're trying to get it really serious. I mean, the face specifically looks a bit goofy. So other than that, it's a really great post-war movie that deals with uh, basically Japan having to deal with the aftermath of the war, then Godzilla attacks, and it's just them trying to deal with Godzilla. I mean, the opening for this movie is so fucking good. It's one of my favourite openings of the year uh, by far because you get to see the monstrous younger Godzilla and even Hayden said that Godzilla is just scary as fuck. Like, it's so fucking good. Uh, this, the look of it's so great, and it definitely builds you up enough to sit back and go, okay, I can, I can sit through a bit of story structure now before we get Godzilla again. Obviously, it builds up to, obviously, when you get to see a slight nuke happen and then giving birth to the bigger Godzilla. And obviously, with all this family drama going on, it eventually leads into them encountering Godzilla. Uh, before finally him attacking and the city being just destroyed and having to try and figure out a way to stop this monster once and for all, and I say the practical side of this is so good. Uh, Godzilla looks incredible. I say apart from a couple of scenes where they're trying to be serious, but the face just looks a bit too goopy for me. The tight breath is easy one of the best tight breaths I've ever seen, um, and it's for its final act. Well, to fit, I'll say, I'll say, it's, all its obviously its destruction is perfect, and then obviously its final act is a great ending for this movie. It definitely makes it worth sitting through, and I'm so happy it's doing really well at the box office to the point of they're releasing a black and white version in 2024. They're extending its theatrical run in some countries uh, into the new year at least, um, and it, it's just it's, it's it makes me happy to see that we're getting so much Godzilla content. So, it's it's pretty cool, really. It's missing a Godzilla game right now. Um But yeah, it's obviously his last stack is really good, and it ends on a note of they can continue on this story uh, down the line, and I reckon they will head while it's done. Um So yeah, seeing into my number six now. I'm actually gonna give number six to Blue Beetle. It didn't do very well when it came out of the box office. It did better review-wise, but it didn't do very well at the box office. Not many people were interested in it because, obviously, they couldn't really market it very well because the strikes are happening so it's a shame really because it was a really fun family uh orientated action uh, superhero movie and I say that i mean the story's focused heavily on this family uh dealing with obviously where they are in society and then this alien obviously device makes us turn sort a of superhero and it's then them having to deal with the company that want this superhero power for themselves um like it's it's lead actor is perfect. Obviously, I loved him in Cobra Kai. All its cast are funny. There's a lot of really good comedy in this movie. The CGI is pretty damn good. Um, its villain is okay. I will say his villain isn't like outstanding, but it's the villain is enough for this movie to work. I feel like that sometimes is the case. The, the villain is not the greatest. As long as they're enough for the movie to work, they're fine. Obviously, in this one, you have got the actual powerhouse villain to deal with the beatle but you've also got the more mouthpiece brain side uh, villain who's a bit more of a a bitch character Uh, and these two these two may not be the greatest villains you'll see in a comic book movie ever but they they work well enough to push this plot forward one as a physical threat for the beatle one for uh, someone who can cause problems elsewhere it may not be physical but the cause problem in terms of uh making sure that, uh he's he basically he's never found again um his family's kind of dealt with and shit like that like that kind of physical that kind of like, uh threat and it, it, it it's, it's it's a shame that it didn't do very well um obviously it kind of summed up dc's year already because all four of their films pretty much flopped but out of all of them this is the one that i would have liked to actually succeed because it was a really fun movie um uh, and I say I'm, i can't wait to see his character back in this new universe that they're making because he definitely deserves a second chance uh at success um okay so top now i'm turning top five number five for me is gonna be guardians of the galaxy volume three uh great ending to the james gunn guardians trilogy um before he heads off fully to commit to DC, uh, the story is great. Its villain is fucking phenomenal. The high evolutionary is great. He chose the right actor, obviously the actor from uh, Peacemaker. He chose him. I was him getting from that straight into this, and he chose him perfectly because the villain is so diabolical. Like it, it makes you want to hate him. How he treats Rocket. The flashbacks of Rocket as a young uh, raccoon is sad and beautiful at the same time um everyone has a great final outing as a guardian in this movie um before they either go away for good or maybe somehow get utilized into the plot in the future um because it is a really emotional story and that's what the guardians have been really since day one is emotional stories and this one doesn't uh, four flat. Uh, it, obviously, it, it fell short of the billion mark, which is a shame. But it's it's still like one of the top greatest movies of the year, and I can see you can see why when you watch it. Um, I've seen it twice now, and I want to watch it a third time because I just love this movie so much. Uh, it generally made me cry. <laughs> um, okay, so number four is another one that I won't speak too much about because I've spoken about it heavily on the podcast. An entire episode dedicated to this one. And that is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. Great animated feature. Great way to revive the turtles on the big screen. Um animation looks beautiful. And i say it's in the description below if you want to check out the actual podcast based on it. Um uh, number three for me then is going to be John Wick, chapter four. Uh, the fourth entry in the saga. Uh it should be the ending, but money talks, so it probably won't be. Uh, all out action again for fucking three hours uh action doesn't basically it's the word of mastery it doesn't um I fuck the word's gonna my head and this word's gonna my head basically you're not gonna be disappointed action doesn't disappoint that's the word I'm after I literally fucking just said it in a different in a sentence the action doesn't disappoint it it's it's all action from start to finish obviously it slows down at points but those points are worth it because Keanu Reeves it's great as John Wick. It's the supporting cast are excellent. It's villain in Bill Skarsgård is really good. Um, there's a lot of really cool new characters that add into this universe. And I, I can't wait for seeing them expand this universe more in Ballerina. I still need to watch the Continental to see how expand it in that. And I do want to see more expansions going forward. And I can't wait to see the t- uh the I know the guy who made this. Uh he's the one that's doing uh, the Ghost of Shimmer movie. So I can't wait to do that. Um but yeah i'm going to start moving on because i'm starting to run out of time and i need to go talk to someone real quick uh so for me number two is a film that actually came out in 2022 but in the uk we didn't get it till february 2023 which is why it's on my list and that is puss in boots the last wish uh, very into the spider-verse inspired in terms of its animation style um Antonio Banderas is great as puss in boots it's so great to see him back uh, it's it's great to see them expand obviously going back to the Shrek universe and Puss in Boots was the right choice for it, because the first Puss in Boots, it's decent, and uh, instead of doing another Shrek movie, it was the right choice to go back and say, okay, let's make a sequel to Puss in Boots, um, and let's see where we can go with the story, and the story is really emotional, it's really funny, and so the animation is perfect, That it's dark as well, especially the wolf, the big bad wolf, is fucking dark as fuck, um, and I was ashamed, I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed of myself for not seeing this in cinema, because it it's... One of those ones that needed to be seen in the cinema. It was so fucking good. Um, and I would be interested in seeing a third one. At the same time, I would be interested in seeing another Shrek movie. But I feel like I, I liked seeing another Puss in Boots because it would stick with this animation style rather than the Shrek animation. But we'll see what happens. Because i say this did really well. I mean, it did better at one point than Avatar did. But obviously Avatar fucking... it did better. I think it was review-wise it did better than Avatar. But Avatar obviously kicked its ass in terms of... money. Uh, okay, so then number one for me... Oh, what's going on outside? Ambulance. Uh, okay, so number one for me is going to be Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Movie that I was probably most looking forward to this year. And it just... It didn't disappoint. Just like the first one, the animation is so good. This one's a lot longer than, the, obviously, the first one. Uh, it's got a lot of new characters in it, and they're really good, especially... Uh, Oscar Isaac is 2099 Spider-Man. One of my favourite Spider-Mans. And I was so happy to see it. Obviously, the... Spider-Man from the last one his Mentor. Obviously, having a baby in this one is really funny. There's a lot of comedy with that. Uh, hey, Steinfe- Steinfeld as um, Gwen Stacy is really good again. Uh, obviously, we lose lose like, Nicolas Cage in that in this one, which is a shame, but how hey, this is leading into the next one, we're going to get him back, so it's going to be fine. Um, there's a lot of cool new worlds we get introduced to, thanks for the multiverse angle. Um there's a lot of cool new Spider-Man we get to see. Obviously, we can get the game Spider-Man appear at one point in this. Uh, some live-action uh, references, which are really good. Um, it's all out one of the best, one of the best Spider-Man films out there. Um, I can't remember if I put this over No my Home or put No my Home over it, but either way, as a Spider-Man fan this year, we've eaten well, very well, uh, and this movie definitely does not disappoint. Um, so yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. Uh, obviously, what is your top ten movies, TV shows, and video games for twenty twenty three? Put your lists in the uh, comments below if you're on YouTube, or obviously once I post, obviously the basically the thumbnails on Instagram and that obviously you can put them in the uh, comments there as well. Either uh, way, anyway, I'll see them. Um, obviously, we're still working on some of the award stuff, so hopefully, within next week or so, we'll be putting that out. Uh, but I say it's been a very big year for movies. There's been a lot of really good movies, a lot of really good video games, a lot of really good TV shows. Um, so this year has not disappointed in that factor. I'm hoping 2024 keeps up that momentum again and delivers some really good stuff. Um, but yeah, that pretty much covers everything. Oops, another fucking ambulance I think going past. Is it? must say, I'm being nosy right now. It didn't go past. Uh, but yeah, even way, I hope you have a very happy new year and we'll see you fresh in the new year for whatever I choose to do as the first episode. Uh, so yeah, until then, uh hope you enjoyed and shall hopefully see you next time. Goodbye.